All right, good morning. How is everyone doing today? Good morning. Welcome to Iron Man Connect. Do we have any first timers here today? First time to Iron Man? Awesome. Welcome, guys. I see that you guys are already over at the first timers table. That's awesome. Be hanging out with David Hill this morning. Well, I'm excited. Today's week two. The meat table is owning this month's teaching, and I'm really excited for this morning's teaching fellow. And Keith is going to be introing this morning's teaching fellow. And if you could, Keith, I'd love for you to open up in prayer as well. Good morning. Before we get started with introducing Chris, I just want to pass along a little bit of information. Bob Troxel, who's a speaker last week, his mother passed away two weeks ago today, and he's up in New Jersey right now, and his father's not doing very well at all. So if you could just keep he and Lori in um, your prayers over the course of the week, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just ask you to be with Bob and Lori. Give them uh, comfort while you're waiting to call Bob's father home to you. Also, just want to thank you for this group and ask you to be with us this morning as we listen to Chris talk through him and to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning's speaker is Chris Hussey. Chris is a loving father and a husband. He's literally got his wife a calendar for Christmas, and he went through and marked off date nights once a month for the entire year, and he's already planned them out. I knew about the calendar and the date nights. I didn't know about the whole plan until like five minutes ago. He's actually a father of three, and the third one came into the world a little bit early, about three months ago, and just came home on Wednesday after spending a couple months down at Winnie Palmer. So he's pretty excited about that, but you have to give him a little bit of grace because he's probably a little bit sleepless. <laughs> he goes to real life and he attends probably every Christian concert and men's event in the greater Florida area. Here's Chris. More than everybody. I wrote all my notes in paragraph form, so apologize in advance. Uh, kind of funny how we got to this point today. For about three years, I've been avoiding coming up here and speaking. And right before Christmas time, I, I got this feeling that if I get asked this year, I'm going to do it. And so Bob sent out the email right before Christmas time saying, okay, we got February. Who wants to do it? And I, I decided to be a gracious man, and I let everybody else volunteer before me. A few days went by. Nobody responded to Bob's email, at least uh, in the group chat. So I was like, oh, God, now I have to do it. So then I volunteer and come to find out that here I then I wanted an easy topic and I got making God known and so I, I started thinking about that I'm like that, that sounds pretty, pretty simple of a speaking topic you know there's multiple places in the Bible that talk about uh, making God known you got Romans 10 9 1 Peter 2 9 Matthew 20 19 pretty simple topic and I'm like so how do you make God known and the first thing that came to mind is the sky rider that flies over the sky and has the signs Jesus loves you I'm like we should get that guy to speak he probably knows this better than I do then I started thinking about billboards on the highway I see Jesus billboards all the time. That's making God known. It seemed like a pretty simple concept. Then I started thinking things a little more practical, like bringing my friends to church, being open about my faith in the workplace, and things like that, and, and really trying to figure that out. But the easiest thing we can do to make God known is to show people what God's done for us, for people to be able to see in us God's love. So then I got nervous, because I'm like, okay, I think I have to tell my story to people, and I've never shared my story with anybody. Even most of my table here doesn't know most of my story. You know, I've been coming to these meetings for a few years, and everybody's known me since I've been a Christian, but before I was a Christian, Nobody in this room has had an experience with me where they're like, ah, oh, Chris, that guy's a bad guy. I know what he used to do. And so sharing my story made me a little nervous. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, you know, I sit with a lot of guys. I hear people in these rooms that talk about how their kids or their grandkids in their late 20s and they're not saved and how they're so scared for them all the time. And can only imagine that's how my father felt for me for the longest time. I've even met people here that aren't saved yet, that are in places that aren't even close to as dark as where I've been in my past. So I decided I was going to share my story.
story. I grew up in a Catholic home, and I'll tell you, it is the main reason I probably ran away from religion. That's a story for a different day. Middle class family, we went down to Disney World, we did summer vacations, went camping, did all that. No reason to send my life into where I ended up going. Because of Catholicism, I ran away from religion hard. For the longest time, I declared myself an atheist. One of the coolest parts about being an atheist, in my opinion, is I got to determine my own moral compass. That's a scary thought. <laughs> I put myself through absolute hell. Drugs, homelessness, violence. In 2009, I even went on such a binger, I ended up in the middle of Hamburg, Germany with an overdrawn bank account, not even really knowing how I got there. There's actually some fun stories in that, but I'm not going to glorify any of that today. And I ended up having a heat stroke in a Walmart parking lot, which was kind of close to my rock bottom, not there yet, because I was homeless living in a PT Cruiser in a Walmart parking lot, and you think that would have been my rock bottom, but not quite yet. I never thought I was going to make it to live to 30. You know, at the time, I was a heroin user, and yeah, I didn't know any heroin users that uh, were recreational in their 40s, so to me, there's uh, you either stopped or you died, and I had no problem with dying at that time. Me and my buddies were moving some products, and we were clearing six figures, but yeah, we were still paying for gas by digging for change at the bottom of our cars. It was not an easy life for me by any means. And I had this mindset that if I could balance out the bad I was doing in the world with some good, it was okay. It, to me, it was like kind of like a balancing scale. My moral philosophy was as long as I wasn't physically assaulting somebody or stealing somebody's property, I was a good person. It made things a little easier. On the side, I would do good things. I would host Christmas parties for local children's homes. I uh, was actually even uh, in all this time doing all this bad stuff. I was working as a behavioral specialist at a boys and girls club, a mentor to children. I don't know who the hell let me do that. <laughs> I would volunteer at the soup kitchen that uh, every few months I would have to go and eat at myself. My life was just a complete disaster, but I, I was fine with it. Never thought I was going to be there. You know, I had 36 friends that I graduated high school with out of a small town in New Hampshire that uh, all passed away from drug use. Then it never really bothered me that they would die and we'd just move on and keep going and it would never be enough for me to stop the way I was living. You know, then came God's intervention and you know, after all those things I was doing, every stupid thing I was doing, all my friends dying, I always landed on my feet and I always thought it was because I was awesome. Yeah, that was not the fact. I was not awesome by any means. God always caught me, never let me fall too far. But then I met my wife and my wife was kind of my turning point. It was definitely a gift from God. When I met my wife, she had a daughter already and she was a single mom and I, I immediately thought to myself, I'm like, uh, I can throw my life away. I'm not going to throw a kid's life away that if I really wanted to date this woman, I was going to have to clean my act up. And so I started to. I uh, pursued her for a few years and realized like, okay, need to get a real job, need to start, stop being stupid and all of that. I got a job I was extremely unqualified for. Got a job selling airplane parts with no education, no formal background, just because of a resume. At one point I went and did an internship down here at Disney World while I was living up in New Hampshire. Funny story is I came down here for an internship because I was running from uh, the locks. I was about to get in a lot of trouble. Came down here. That was the only time I was off drugs in my childhood. Greatest time of my life. One of the reasons I live here now is just because this was one of the best places for me. I'm the only person I think that came to Florida to not be on drugs. <laughs> and so after that I got ended up getting this job that I was severely underqualified for. I'm literally putting parts in airplanes and had no formal background on that but because the guy that interviewed me he had worked at Disneyland and he had uh, relocated to the Boston area. He just saw that on my resume and took a chance on me. Another just gift from God. A place I had no business being ended up getting there. From there, doors just kept opening for me at that point. Once I decided I was really going to make that commitment, uh, and it was all things beyond my own strength. I did not have the ability to do the things I was doing at this point. I went from being homeless to all of a sudden get this great job, started making promotions, started making a lot more money, and started being the person that I just always wanted to be. Eventually, cleaned up my axe, started doing well, had an opportunity to come down here. I went to work one day. There was literally a six-foot snowdrift in front of my work, and I called my boss. And I'm like, look, I'm moving back to Florida. Love to do it with the company. If not, I'm 
I'm going anyway. They made it work. I ended up moving down here and still consider myself an atheist. My fiance at the time was an atheist and uh, nowhere near God at that point. But we come down here and my daughter, who's now four at the time, you know, she was at daycare and she was coming home and she started asking us questions about church. And uh, my thought process always was whatever she wanted to do, I support that. But she started asking us about questions about the Bible and I, I knew the characters from growing up Catholic and she wasn't just asking about like Jesus, Joseph, Mary. She was getting into some pretty in-depth characters and I'm like, where are you hearing this? So, so like we ask her school and I'm like, if you guys are teaching this, I don't care. I just want to like find out where she's learning this. And they're like, no, we don't talk about religion at all here. And I'm like, are any of your friends talking about it? And she's like, no, I, I saw it in my dream. And I was like, okay. And so she begged us to go to church. And so we brought her to a couple churches, started doing that. We, we were never going re religiously. Um, we were a little more than Christmas and Easter, but definitely not every Sunday. And, and we kept going, and me and my wife decided we were gonna have another baby. And she got pregnant, and we went in for our first appointment, and the doctor told us we were gonna have a molar pregnancy. Basically, it was gonna be a cancerous pregnancy that uh, we weren't actually gonna have the baby, and then she probably wasn't gonna be able to have a baby again anyway. I felt lost. I, I, I didn't know what to do. I uh, completely lost it. I remember I was driving down 535 here and I was just in my car crying um, and, and for the first time ever I actually turned to God and I know this isn't how it worked but I had pulled one of those okay you do for me I'll do for you here um, like you, you make this situation okay and I'm going to turn my life over to Christ today that was on a Friday when we had that appointment we went back on Monday for a follow-up and they, they ran all the same screenings and tests doctors like I have no clue why they told you that and everything was perfect <laughs> So that was a really scary moment for me. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, damn it, now I actually have to go to church. <laughs> so I'm a man of my word. And coincidentally, I uh, was scrolling through Facebook and uh, Mosaic had just moved over to their new location over here. And there was a Facebook uh, thing for it on one of the Winter Garden pages. And I saw the video and I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't look like the Catholic church I grew up in. That looks like fun. And so I remember the first time I walked in there, you know, just such a welcoming presence. I got free donuts. I, I, I was in heaven. And you go in and it was just one of those messages where you're like, oh my God, this was written for me and for me like one of the things like giving like you know the first time Christian going into a building year they're always afraid of that giving talk and uh, the, the giving wasn't talked at all there was no collection and uh, I go home to my wife I'm like we got to go back and then so then I brought my kids back and every time I went God spoke to me a little bit more now we've been going on for about three years and Keith said I go to every Christian event out there mainly because uh, it's a lot better than some of the other choices I used to make and being around you guys helps so how does it connect to making God known everybody that knew me growing up it was part of my story would never have guessed to see me in church. I was a little embarrassed at first to say I was going to church, but once I became open up on it, my first year going to Mosaic, I was able to get 40 friends to come with me and join me to church, many of who still come today. My brother, who was still uh, going to Catholic church, but not wouldn't actually call him a, a Christian or somebody that actually followed, he just went because he thought it was what he was supposed to do, didn't read the Bible, didn't practice anything. He now goes to a Christian church, goes through that whole process, and uh, like he's getting married this year, and he's heavily involved in his church, does daily devotionals. My father, who also grew up in the Catholic Church with us, uh, he immediately switched over to a non-denominational where he actually got involved in the church. My family was very much, we just went on Sunday, that was our only commitment. Now they're all very heavily involved. Outside of that, the 40 people that I've brought have also brought more people, and we're seeing that. So it, my testimony really has brought more people and made God known through my actions. And so when it comes to making God known, you know, I think it was Dr. Cooper that threw out there, there, there is nothing you can do that's going to convert somebody over to a Christian, but your testimony is going to be your most powerful thing. What has happened in my life was not my own strength. I, I, I do not have the ability to be where I am today. It, it is by God's grace I am standing here talking to you all today, and it has not been an easy journey. You know, we talk all the time that uh, God will give you more than you can handle, but he'll never give you more than he can handle. I and mean, my life is a testament to that. You know, I'm still not a perfect Christian. I'm still a sinner. Hasn't changed. 
people that know me today uh, would never have known the past that I've had based on the life today, and that is by God's grace. Um, I'm open about my faith. I acknowledge when I'm wrong. But lastly, I, I, I know God now. I know I'm saved. And uh, for me to be able to be here and for people that have known me growing up, um, that's how I make God known in my life. And uh, that's what I got. I would have never known that. Thank you so much for uh, opening us up, uh, opening yourself up, and, and letting us into your story. And um, I'm inspired, I'm encouraged, and, and God is very good. Guys, I sent all the table captains yesterday the three questions that he came up with. We're going to spend the rest of the time in discussion at our tables around those three questions. So I'm going to pass the floor over to uh, the table captains. And uh, we're going to spend the rest of the time at our tables. So, table captains, the floor is yours.